Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here with my new grandmother teammate, Mary Guilfoyle. How you doing, Grandma? Can you see me smile? I can see you what smile. What does it say? I'm doing great, Father It says, John. I have twin yeah. grandsons. That's <laughs> yeah. what it says. Thanks, you, Jesus, for the wonderful um, gift of life. Amen. And we, we talk a lot about uh, transformation in the church right now, and uh, we want to talk about that on this podcast like we do on every episode, and we're going to talk about something at the heart of transformation. What's the topic? Amen, we are. We're going to talk about creating a culture of prayer. Love it. So it would probably be right for us to Probably a good thing to start pray with prayer. right now. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, Heavenly Father, we uh, give you praise and thanks for the simply remarkable reality that we can approach you anytime, anywhere, with whatever it is that's on our minds. Lord, we thank you for the access that we have to you, all because of what Jesus has accomplished for us, for his tearing down the wall, for his tearing the curtain in the temple, giving us access even though we are just dust and ashes, we've become your adopted sons and daughters, and you are our dear Father. And so we entrust this time to you right now. We ask that your spirit would anoint our conversation. We pray in a particular way for those today who are feeling alone or discouraged or most in need of help in whatever way that need might be manifesting itself. We just ask that you would look with kindness on them, that you would uh, remind them that they can draw near to you and that your presence would overwhelm them with love and with encouragement. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we had a, a visit not too long ago from a good friend of ours who's in the seminary. Thankfully, our work gets us into seminaries on occasions. I was just in one this past weekend. Um, and we know this brother from a variety of different contexts. And it's always great just to hear what the guys are going through, right? right. You know, like, what are the highs? What are the lows? And, there's a few lows in seminary, you know, and uh, he was sharing with us just his experience of trying to adjust, even though he's been there for, I don't know, three, four years, he's trying to adjust still to the culture of prayer, which at the same time is something like a lack of culture of prayer, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I think that he would say that, that the culture of prayer that's currently in seminary is, is good, but in his experience wasn't sufficient hmm. because he had he had been in a parish context where praying with people, you know, being engaged in prayer ministry um, was normative and that wasn't necessarily the case. Yes, yeah, so oftentimes seminary can be um, very devotional, which is awesome. Like got to establish a holy hour. You, I mean, like priest without a holy hour is kind of like, you know, husband and wife not talking to each other every day. Um, uh, devotional in the rosary, great things. Um, heavy on intercession, great things. But sometimes it can be almost um, exclusively devotional or ritual and um, and not so much relational, right? I think that's what I heard him right. talking and, and, about, right? And I, I think to your point, I think that is beautiful and glorious and, and foundational. And, and I think we're really great at saying, you know, how can I pray for you? And it's an intention. It's something that we take, mm. it's something that we take, you know, and we put it in our journal maybe, or we'll say, or we remember people in our prayers at night or in the morning. And intercession is super important, right? We want to pray yeah. for one another. But I think what he was struggling with is that, 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 um, 
what had become normative for him wasn't normative in seminary where you, we would come to, he would come to someone and say, Hey, can I pray with you right, right now? And, right. and, and that wasn't there. Or somebody might manifest a need of some sort like, Hey man, I'm, you know, like you see somebody that looked down, what's wrong? Yeah. My brother just died. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And, and the response oftentimes is I'll pray for him and you later. Yeah. And, and the response should be something that's good, but it's like, can, can I pray with you right now? now? Yeah, right. A, a friend of ours who used who I used to serve with in parish ministry, he used to talk about the now or later candies, and he said it's really a both end. I can pray for you now, yep. right, if you're open to that, yep. and I can also pray for you later. But I think we press into the later part, and so in a conversation, you and I were just on a call with some dear brothers and sisters in Columbus, and before we finished the call, we said, "How can we pray for you?" Right. You know, yeah, right. and so there are moments when you can actually pray with someone in, in, in real time, and there's other times that you can't. But I think we need to um, be comfortable stepping into praying with one another. Yeah, and right I think now. the challenge is this is I, here. Here's my own personal take. I'm not sure what yours is. I think so many people struggle with this because I don't think there's anything more intimate to do with somebody than to pray with them. Prayer is remarkably vulnerable. In fact, we were we were praying the other day, not too long ago, with uh, with some friends, and uh, we, we kind of like called one person out, like, "Hey, why don't you pray?" And they're like, "No, no, I'm not ready to pray." It's like just pray, and they prayed. And they did this beautiful it was job. Beautiful. And then afterwards, it was some some uh, something to the effect of, you know, like that was like my best prayer, or like I got to get better at this, or, or that's I'm not, not as how good I, as you, or, or that's not how I really pray. You could just hear how I pray. Yeah, and, and all prayer Lord. is, is just conversation with the Lord, right? And and right. because that's so vulnerable, uh, and again, I, we're, we're just not a very vulnerable people. Um, we, we really struggle with it. We, we were both talking just before we started to record. What's the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock? Oh, it's Gravity. Yeah, so there's this awesome scene at the end of the movie. I don't even remember most of the movie. I just remember this piercing scene. She's, spoiler alert, if you're planning to watch Gravity tonight, she dies. <laughs> so she's she's dying, right? And she says, she's just talking and saying, you know, will somebody pray for me? Will anybody pray for me? She says, I, I'd say a prayer, but... I don't know how to pray. Nobody ever taught me how. And it reminded me of uh, Flannery O'Connor, you know, the great uh, Catholic author who passed away, I think sometime in the 60s. And they found Flannery's diary not too long ago. And one of the journal entries from this very faithful Catholic woman is the the, the whole day, the the entry is simply, won't somebody please teach me how to pray? And I'm afraid, you know, John Paul used to say that our parishes need to become schools of prayer. And we do a great job of educating people liturgically. Maybe not even a great job. We do an okay job educating people liturgically how to pray. But I'm not so sure how good a job we do at really teaching people how to pray, thus this podcast episode. You're you're spot on, Father John. And and I can think back, you know, years back in my life where I would hear people say, even in my family, well, I'm going to go say my prayers now. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. You know, I say prayers too. Right, I mean, it, whether it's the Our Father or the Hail Mary or the Memorare, all the glorious prayers of the Catholic faith. But I don't think I really learned how to pray until years later. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that 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 is an area that we have a lot of room to maybe come alongside, you know, parishes and and help people 
raise up prayer teams and teach them how to pray so they can pray with other people. Yeah, even as you're talking, it's, it's bringing my mind back to, we used to have some seminarians assigned to us in the parish and they would come for different ministries and whatnot. And they were part of this one uh, apostle that we were doing. And um, one of their, we, we, we would see their uh, journals every week because they had to turn them in uh, to the seminary. And one of the guy's comments was, because um, the, the formation experience or what we were doing evangelistically um, that they were a part of, um, began to teach people how to pray, like pagans, how to pray, like in in uh, hmm. early on in this experience. And their comment was, I'm shocked at how quickly people can learn how to pray. It's almost like we've built in this, well, I think that's for the mystics. You know, like Catherine of Siena, she had a really devout prayer life. I'm just going to like content myself with, you know, a, a book of prayers. And again, there's nothing wrong with all those things. But to awaken somebody to how to pray with another person uh, is just a, a, it's really a game changer. It brings transformation, right? And, we, and there's a whole set of levels. We can talk about this really quickly. I'm reminded you and, uh, and your dear husband, Steve, and I, we were in, in Ireland one time. And he was, I think we had just come back from climbing Craig Patrick. Uh, and uh, we were all a little sore, right? But he was particularly sore. And at one point he just said, he didn't say, hey, Mary, will you pray for me? He said, hey, Mary, Will you pray over me yeah. and with me right now? And and you did, right? And I, I joined you guys. And like that's something that somehow has become like pretty normative for you, right? Right. You know, um, I remember that. I remember that so well. And so he certainly had this great need. And um, I remember both you and I going to him and laying hands. Yeah. And I could sense immediately this wasn't musculature. This was like a deeper organic pain. And sure enough, that night, uh, he got really sick. Yeah. Um, and, and the next morning was, well, blessed be God. Yeah. Um, but it's that cry for prayer. And, you know, I, even as I'm sitting here, like re, re, revisiting that memory, what if that wasn't the norm or what if he was there by himself? Yeah. You know, and here he was crying out, well, someone please pray with me right. now. I right. have a need. How many men and women in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our families, our parishes, brothers with brothers, brothers in seminary, need that that, yeah. that comfort. Will someone please come bring me the balm of Jesus? Yeah. Will someone come sit with me, stand alongside of me, and take me to God's throne of grace and pray with me now? Yeah, so let's take that right out of family, right, to work, right? So a common place where we are, right, where we're constantly hearing one another's challenges and difficulties. We see people who are, you know, downcast, heavy laden because, you know, something's going on at home or maybe they just had a bad day at the office. And so you see one another in the office, if you're working in an office with people in it. Um, and it's it's common that someone will share something that's difficult and, and a normal disciple's response, even if the other person isn't a disciple, is just, would you mind, could I pray with you right now for that? And what's the worst they can do? I mean, they're probably not going to kill you. You know, they might go, uh, no. More often than not, I think we'd be surprised the person will go, Oh, would, would you mind? Like, that would be great. Yeah. You know, so that's that's responding to the need right there. You're doing a couple of things. One, you're praying with them, and you're also teaching them. That they can by, do this too. Yeah, and that, and maybe you're, you're helping to model a way that they can talk to the Lord and helping them to understand prayer doesn't have to be formal. Like, prayer is just like this almost, it's become a codified word for conversation with God. We're supposed to be able to talk with God, mindful that he's the creator of the universe. We should have some reverence. But as his adopted children, right? It's just a way to do ministry in our day, right? I'm thinking um, 
as you just mentioned, you know, you might be praying with a coworker and they may not be a believer, but it's been my experience. I don't know about yours, Father John. I prayed with non-believers and they and they quickly say yes to prayer. Absolutely, and it's it amazing. Be, it can be a gateway to, right. some, to, to some other conversations. And I'll, I'll say this about prayer. I mean, so many of the topics that you and I break open in podcasts, there's just not enough time to go deep with these topics. And so they're all so rich. But I think sometimes we, we disqualify ourselves for prayer because we think it has to be lofty, it has to be eloquent, it has to be wordy, it has to be verbose, it has to be flowery. And God just wants us to pray as normal men and women. Mm. And those are some of the most impactful prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we can do this with family members. We can do it at work. We, we, we just invite ourselves into a space. We can do it on a parish team, right? I mean, one of the things that happened with us at the, the parish that we most recently served at, and we've seen it in other parishes too, but like prayer just became a normal part of our daily routine. I mean that in a good sense of the word. Um, every single day, right? We'd set aside a half hour where we prayed every day. We'd put everybody's intentions on the board. We'd talk about what was going on. And then we'd, you know, sometimes we'd pray the rosary together. Sometimes we'd just pray. Sometimes we'd do adoration. But we were together praying, right? I mean, it was it was something which then fostered oftentimes, you know, somebody going to somebody after that half hour of prayer you know, maybe I heard your intention and I might just walk into your office or somebody might walk into your office and go, Will you hey, pray can, with can I just pray with you right. right now too? Like, would that be okay? And we're like, yeah, that would be beautiful. Like it became normal, right? I remember we had uh, a bishop, one of the auxiliary bishops from the Archdiocese of Detroit a set of years ago came to visit our parish and he was actually leading a, tr- a retreat for us, uh, for the parish staff. And um, as he walked in, he saw pockets of people throughout the parish on a campus praying with one another. And he knew something was happening in that parish because we had equipped people to pray with one another in the moment. Yeah, and I think his comment was something like, I like, should have known, like every time I come here, I see people praying with each other because that's what the early church did. Like that's what Very disciples funny. do, right? We gather around each other. We pray not just for one another, but with one another. And, and so maybe, maybe just one other little example of that. Mm is, you know, so that bled out into the parish, right, as, as a whole. And so we we tried, we, we actually got this idea from a good brother of ours. You mentioned Columbus earlier, Father Dave Sizemore, uh, who's a classmate of mine and a great guy and just doing awesome stuff in evangelization and discipleship and leadership. And he had talked about how they were beginning to uh, at the beginning of, before mass would start, like I was never, like full disclosure, I never liked the, hey, please stand, turn to your right and introduce your na- yourself to your neighbor. Like that never did much for me. Mm-hmm. But what he did was he he taught people, hey, the mass is not a private devotion. The mass is um, an extraordinary place where we have access to the Father. And it's one of the places where all of us as um, priests by baptism get to exercise our priestly ministry, right? So baptism makes us to be sharers in the one priesthood of Jesus. Before I was an ordained priest, I was already a priest by baptism. And priests do what? They have access to God and they bring other people to the Father. And there's no place we can do that more powerfully than at Mass. And so he began, we copied, like, welcoming people at the beginning of the liturgy before it started, before we'd make the announcement of the opening song and just say, you know, like just quietly turn to the person next to you 
introduce yourself if you don't know them, but ask them. The purpose for this was ask them, is there something special that I can offer this mass for you for? Because I don't think most people know, most people come to mass and think they're there to watch. They're silent spectators. They hope they get entertained versus, no, 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 you're supposed to be active participation, right? Which doesn't just mean you have a ministry in the, in the celebration of the mass, like a lector or a Eucharistic minister, but you're actively praying. And you can do that a lot better if you know what the intentions of the people around you are. And because we know our own lives and we got so many intentions, you can probably bet that the person next to you has got something they want to be prayed for as well, right? And something pretty similar too. So two thoughts come to my mind as I hear you say that because I was one of the people in the pews that would turn to someone to the left or the right and say, how can I pray for you today and offer my mess for those intentions? What that does is it creates community. Mm. So you've already given voice to something that probably is weighing pretty heavy on your heart and it creates community and an opportunity weeks down the road or months down the road to say, Hey, you know what? I'm still praying for you. How's everything going? It creates an opportunity for a check-in. Yeah. And there's some remarkable stories that were born out of that simple exchange of prayer intentions. Um, where people literally became friends and walked with one another in prayerful solidarity around that one intention. The other thing that that came to my mind as I heard you talking about that is, you know, we're called in scripture to bear one another's burdens. It is a way that we can press into carrying another person's burdens and also knowing that someone is helping to carry mine. Yep. Yep. And in fact, it, that makes me think of uh, when we first started this, you can imagine, right? Parish ministry, not everything's really warmly received. So some, <laughs> some people were just um, like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. So I remember lame. getting a letter from somebody saying, I, I can't believe we're doing this. And then they wrote me back in like two months and they just said, you know, I was really critical of this. I just lost my husband. Hmm. It was such a grace Praise be to God. know that I was going to have a chance to ask somebody at mass to pray for me in my grief and to pray for his, the repose Glory of his soul. Glory to God. You know, there were just right. so many stories like that, right? Because um, that that's, that's what we increasingly so in this COVID, hopefully soon to be post-COVID era, we are lonelier and lonelier, right? And more and more isolated. And God made us for relationship with him, but not just him, also for relationship with with one another. another. And man, has that been hammered over the last two plus years, right? right. If we can help bring peace amidst the chaos, solidarity in the midst of the confusion, um, prayer is an easy threshold to cross and everybody can pray. Yeah, and and, I'm thinking maybe we can close with this. Even if your parish is like, I don't think my pastor's ever gonna do something like that. When you walk into mass this Sunday, you can always just nudge the person next to you and go, Absolutely. hey, is there, is there anything special I can pray for at this Mass? And at the same point, just say and ask them, would you pray for me about... X? I, I, I got to tell you a quick story. I'm just thinking, so all these memories are coming, flooding back. You know, as Catholics, we come to Mass, we go to the same pew, the same place in the pew. We stretch out all of our business, our codes, our prayer books, all of our stuff so people know like this pew is occupied. That's how we identify you. <laughs> and there uh, was someone in um, my husband and I's pew who was <laughs> making it clear that she wanted her space and 
this was going to be our space and that was going to be her space. So I said, oh, Lord, help me just to create it, you know, create an opportunity so I can connect with this woman. I mm-hmm. didn't want all the regalia between us to, like, keep us from, like, really connecting. And it was that. It was you, you know, teeing that up. And so um, I made the long jaunt, you know, the long walk down to her in her pew, uh, where she was in our pew. And um, so just exchanged prayer. And he said, hi, my name is Mary. Um, I'd love to pray for you. you. How can I pray for you today? And then I gave her my prayer intention. And after Mass, and she kind of had this, you know, this rigid exterior. And after Mass, she came to me with this beautiful smile. Mm. She said, thank you for making that step. I would not have been the first one to extend my hand. Wow. And she was transformed <laughs> wow. by just someone yeah. coming saying, hi, yeah. my name is so-and-so. Yeah. I'd love to pray for you. It, it, you know, it knocks down those walls. Right. And you, we say this all the time in our ministry. You know, one of the things that is, is really a priority for us is for people to know that God sees them. Mm. And that they are loved mm. and that they matter. And the way that can that revelation can be made known is through you. And you matter and through to me. me. And that you right. matter to me. And 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 so we're supposed to be a revelation of the Father. I love that. And and I remember that woman like it was yesterday. And the countenance she walked in with that day at Mass, reserving her space, was not the countenance she left with. Glory be to God. So let's pray for opportunities this week, huh? yeah. divine appointments, you know, whether it could be in the home, could be at work, could be at the parish. And let's just be looking for chances, could be at the coffee could be shop, the grocery whatever. store. Anywhere, Your you know, checker. just to say, hey, can I pray with you right now for that? Right. And uh, And who knows what God will do with that and through that, right? Amen, Father John. Praise God. Word. All right. There's our homework for the week. Let's uh, let's pray for those divine opportunities. And in the meantime, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. 